A witness, a true witness, stands up for truth. Not in judgment, but in and for truth. We aren't called to make or force the decisions of people, but we are called to baptize them when they are ready and ask for it. Disciple-making isn't some newfound fad, regardless of the hype today. Disciple-making is the simple truth in the call, follow me. Our mission, and it isn't impossible, our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to be witnesses to that calling of truth that will provide freedom to all. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to Sabbath School U. I'm Jared Lutz, and joining me today are three new panelists to talk about our studies. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Pam. Uh, I live in Maryland, and I'm in the medical field. My name is Gina Backus, and I work at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, and I'm their work life and wellness specialist. Uh, we have the same last name. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my wife. And, um, I'm Ricardo Backus, and I'm a Spindian. It's Span <laughs> Spanish and Indian. My mom is Colombian. My dad is from the West That's Indies. That's awesome. <laughs> Ricardo, would you mind uh, opening with scripture and prayer for us? Sure. The scripture is Matthew 24, 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can um, just hang out with you right now and just, um, just be with us as we talk about you, as we discuss, uh, may it not be our words, but yours. And just thank you for this time that we can just, um, just chill with you, Lord. We can't wait to do this right now. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you. All right, so today we're talking about what our mission is as a church. And I think that often when we first approach our mission, clearly uh, what should come to mind is Jesus. Now, if we talk about our mission, um, being the kingdom of Christ, that is often associated with light. And what I want to know is, and I, maybe you do too, why do you think that the kingdom of Christ is often associated with light? Light is life-giving. I mean, our life on earth wouldn't exist without light. Hmm. So it's life-giving. And whenever there's light involved, it seems like it's pertaining to good. Hmm. So light equals good and darkness, as soon as it dims, then it's leading towards evil. Okay. Yeah, um, the first thing God created was light. Mm -hmm. um, if it was the last thing he created, no one would have seen his creation until the <laughs> last. So it's, it's... That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, just from the very start of creation, God um, put light as the very first thing um, to guide us. So do you think it's intentional then that often in the Bible uh, the kingdom of Christ is referred to uh, as being light? Do you think that that's a necessary thing for us to associate the kingdom of God with? I think so. I mean, um, you know, Jesus himself was, he described himself as light and when the prophet Isaiah described him, he said, you know, men living in darkness have seen a great light. Um, all that, you know, invokes what Jesus did, you know, it's like, what I'd like to think of it is like when the electricity goes off um, and we're all like stumbling in the dark, we try not to stub our toe and then when it comes back on, we're like, oh, you know, now we can see. <laughs> right. So, and when we talk about light, 
God calls us to be the light of the world. In Matthew hmm. chapter 5, 14 through 16, I've learned that um, if there's a big city that emits light, it can't be hidden. So just hmm. like that analogy, we as his people, if we're called to be in his kingdom, we should be the light bearers as well. I like that. So we're associating not only the kingdom of Christ, but also, which is our, our topic, the mission of Christ too. That should be the light. It's like that old song, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. So we're talking about uh, the, the fact that Jesus as the light, we should reflect that light. The kingdom of God represents that light. Very, very cool. Um, uh, what, do you, what, what is the role, uh, if we're to look at it, of going and baptizing, uh, teaching, uh, just all these things that we're called to do, what role do you think that has in fulfilling the commands to make disciples? If we wanted to look at this in the Bible, it's Matthew 28, uh, 19 and 20. We can take a look at that right now. Uh, but what role of going out, baptizing and teaching uh, in fulfilling the command to make disciples, what role does that play? Well, Matthew 28, 18 and 19, correct? Yep. 19 and 20? Uh, 19 and 20, that's right, sorry. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, this means, um, see, you you have go here, you have baptizing, you have teach. Those are three active verbs. Right. And it's not just... um, praying and being solitary, but it's actually taking that outside your prayer box and moving it toward helping others and, um, and telling people to go to baptize, to teach, but not just them, but you have to do it first. Hmm. That's, it starts with you. Interesting. Um, but by going, then you can help others go. Right, right. So it, it's not about being stagnant yes. and staying in one place. Mm-hmm. It's about movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Anything else? Like any other idea as far as what that role is in, in baptizing and going? Uh, do you think that's necessary? Is that a necessary element to the Christian mission? When we talk about baptism, I feel like it symbolizes submission to Christ. So when you do that, you're really willing to live God's way. That's interrupt. What do you mean by submission to Christ? What are we talking to about just here? Put everything before Him and to be humble before Him and to do whatever He calls you to do. Right. Um, And so we have that identification with his people, um, to be his people. And going back to being light of the world, um, when we hide that light, we're just being quiet when we should actually be speaking. Um, And just denying the light if we don't shine the light. And as we let the light dim, we're actually letting sin come into our lives. So, and ignoring the needs of other people. So that's why it's so important to continue shining God's light so that we can lead people to Christ. I think going back to what you said about a city on a hill, mm-hmm. you know, I think when you have when you have the light of Christ or you're reflecting the light of Christ, it's almost impossible for you to hide it. It's impo- mm. it's it just streams out in everything right. you do in, in in your, you know, whole persona, your work, your entire life. Right. I, I think it's almost it's just a natural extension of being close to Christ. You just exude, reflect. And people, and not to, not to, right. yeah, yeah. but 
people notice that yes, too. Yes, yes. I mean, well, it's, it's kind of like yeah. people notice any any time that you go anywhere, mm -hmm. whatever you're representing, it's going to show. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go go ahead. I just I. I no, you're an influence yeah. wherever you go, right. whether right. it's good or bad. Right. And by having that light, by having Christ in you and dwelling in you, um, within you, you can make such a difference wherever you go, wherever you are, standing mm -hmm. in line, you know, at the grocery store or um, driving, anywhere you go. If you have God's light in you, you can really, um, really reach the world and touch the world. Let's talk about that concept, because uh, we've mentioned a lot about what it means uh, perhaps to shine God's light. What does it mean to be the light? Uh, if we're talking about this analogy, if we are the light, if the kingdom is the light, if Christ is the light, what does that mean? In, in, perhaps a non-religious context. If we were talking to someone that wasn't religious, that wasn't a Christian, what does it mean to be the light? Sometimes it's not following the crowd. Hmm. So sometimes being that one light, you're being that unique person and people tend to draw towards you. Like something's different about her. Like she's so happy all the time. Right. Or he's so um, kind and good to others. What, you know, why are they like that? And so it kind of draws that curiosity from different people. And on the heels of what Ricardo was saying, um, now that I work with secular, a secular environment, mm -hmm. um, I feel more um, cognizant of my mm. surroundings and how I act around others and what I say to people um, to be more encouraging towards them so that they could feel a little, a little more um, of God's presence. Um, and so I feel like it's really important to shine that light so that we could draw others. Do you think so. that there's a place, uh, and, and, and perhaps this might be, I don't know, too nebulous of a question, but do you think that there's a place uh, to be the light to believers as well? Not just non-believers, but I, I think that sometimes we, we forget that mm -hmm. perhaps we need ministering as well. Do you think that there's a place in, in our church where we should minister to each other? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're called to minister to each other because um, everybody's on a different journey, you know, and we, there's, it's not like once you're on the path, you know, you're fine and you're always going to be fine. You're going to have ups and downs mm -hmm. and you definitely need to minister, especially if you realize someone's having, you know, a downtime, a down period in their life. It's, it definitely hurts to say a warm word and pray and pray over them. Yeah. Sometimes as believers, um, Secular people might think, oh, they have it all together. Right. right. You know, but we at times get more attacked by Satan. Yes. Totally. Mm -hmm. Because um, Satan knows that we have chosen God as our Lord and Savior. Right. So he's like, nah, I'm not going to let you guys wait. You know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to put Job's like a Job strike on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely, we need each other in our churches and um, and wherever we go with with our believers, our family and friends, we definitely need them. To like a prayer partner. Mm -hmm. A prayer partner is something that I have. Describe and, that. What, yeah. does, what does that so, look like to you? So basically for the last four months or so, I've had a um, prayer partner that we actually go on Facebook and we pray together through Facebook. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, we also... Like typing out the prayers? Yeah. Typing, oh, very like cool. typing out the prayers on the message. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, smoke yeah. signals. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's so encouraging. And we do that every morning. And we also read um, uh, Christian devotional. Mm -hmm. Um, on our own, and then we discuss that through Facebook as well. Awesome. There's something that kind of gets us through the day as well. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's very powerful, and I recommend that to all you all you um, to to help in our walk with God. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, because I think um, it's you. It's like 
the way that you treat others, it's what makes or breaks them. Because I hear of so mm. many stories where people leave the church because other yeah. people do them wrong. Mistreatment mm -hmm. or, yeah, right. And so that could be really discouraging. Like, how can we as Christians treat others wrong if we are Christians? Yeah, and mm -hmm. I, I, man, I, I think that if we were to look back at history, Unfortunately, often it was the Christians that were, were trying right. to promote this message, but just going about it in such a, a backwards way, mm -hmm. I, at least from our perspective today, that I think that perhaps if we were to go off that idea of ministering to each other, um, maybe it's about starting where you know people. Mm -hmm. And it could potentially be about starting at home and administering mm -hmm. to those that you might know that maybe aren't on the same page as you mm -hmm. to get that confidence to take it out. Not that any one person is more important than the other or right. needs to be reached more, but to start with somewhere familiar, to be able to take it out to somewhere unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. um, in Acts 1.8, um, can I read that? Please actually? do. Okay. Yeah. Um, just to piggyback what you're saying, Jared. Yeah, not a problem. It says, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's exactly what you're referring to right here because um, uh, they were in, these are the disciples here, and they were in Jerusalem. So um, they were to not necessarily start in Jerusalem, but to minister in Jerusalem right. and then the surrounding areas, Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth, places they've never been to before. Um, but they felt more comfortable, I believe, within their own circle oh, yeah. um, before even taking it outside. Because also when it says, you know, yeah. it's, it's like a, a prophet in his hometown is never, you know, wanted. That is or, true, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 but I, I totally agree, and I, I think this verse does a great job of demonstrating we should start somewhere that we know. You know, we, it, it, it can be a lot easier to talk to your friends, but also it could be a lot harder. Because, uh, yeah. you know, if you, if you talk to people that... I don't know, like your best friends. Perhaps they've gone a different direction in life. And if you talk to them about things that, oh, well, I, I don't agree with your lifestyle choices or whatever, and maybe we should look at this a little bit differently, that could be hard too. I, you know, and, but I, I like what you're saying yeah. very much. Um, I, the, the next thing that I'd like to say is, uh, what is the relationship uh, between receiving the Holy Spirit and, and witnessing for Christ? What, what is the interplay here? What is the relationship between receiving something and then, well, sharing it? I mean, I like to think of the Holy Spirit in us like Popeye and spinach, you know? Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I like that. In and of ourselves, we're puny. We can't do anything. Mm -hmm. We need the Holy Spirit to preach with power. And, you know, going back to Acts, in Acts, I think, 4, um, mm -hmm. They prayed for, you know, boldness, healing, to do signs and wonders. And, you know, and the Holy Spirit came, the house shook, and they were able to do all these things. So without that power, we're puny like Popeye. We need that spinach. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, without the, the Popeye Holy thing? It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. a good analogy. It's kind of like Bruce Banner. I mean, he has to have the gamma radiation to become the whole. So, yeah, anything works. But yeah, yeah, I like that. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Gina. But, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit gives us that guidance and that power because we can't rely on our own strength. If we hmm. try to do anything on our own, we just can't. It's impossible. And so that's like the most important thing is to pray for the Holy Spirit to witness to others. We are like cell phones, right? Hmm. And Jesus is the charger. Hmm. So we'll die at times. All, all our right. cell phones, man, when you need it the most, it'll <laughs> die. But um, 
you plug. Try to make that one percent go forever. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, but with Jesus as our charger, Jesus or the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. um, uh, we connect with the Holy Spirit. And then what? What can we do? We can call people. We can mm -hmm. text, and that's how, um, with the Holy Spirit, in us, He can work through us. Nice. And um, I, I can't remember the exact verse, but mm -hmm. it basically, you know, Jesus told his disciples, you'll be, you know, presenting the gospel, you know, to kings and, and princes. Don't worry what you'll say. The Ho Holy Spirit, Spirit will, will prompt you. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite quotes, uh, I, I teach literature. I, I don't know if you talked about this, but um, I, it, part of literature is comic books. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite quotes just of anything really is the, the, the Spider-Man quote, with great power. Oh, I love that quote. Great responsibility. <laughs> yes. and, and when you look at that, uh, as, as ministers of this very, very deep and, and profound and life, essential to life ministry, it's true. We, we have this, this power to, to share this, this uh, mission and message with the world, like we've been talking about, but we also have a responsibility to make sure right. that we take care of it. It's, it's a gift that we have to give, and you don't want that gift to be broken or to be ruined. Mm -hmm. So everything that you've been saying, it just, that's, what, that's what's sticking in my mind. We have this responsibility. We have this, well, this call to go out and, and, and minister and, and mm -hmm. baptize and, and do all these things that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, what role do you think prayer plays in this mission? Uh, perhaps your personal prayer lives, uh, perhaps taking prayer to the public hemisphere. What do you think prayer, uh, or how do you think prayer plays into the, the mission or our mission? It's your connection to God. I mean, that is your, you know, if, if, you, if there's no prayer, I mean, sometimes we all forget to pray, and, and you, I don't know, I notice, like, things don't always go smoothly, and I'm like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't pray about this, and um, if we don't have that connection, we're, you know, it's like a cell phone that's not, you know, plugged yeah. in. That's <laughs> been a good analogy. Yeah. That was an escape <laughs> Yeah, the, the cell phone it's, thing is good. Yeah, it's, you're, you're just off on your own, and pretty soon you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And like Jesus' example, he would pray for everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you notice in his ministry, like the crowds would follow him and he would minister unto them. But then you would read that he'd go away for some time right. and pray and just kind of meditate. And um, that's where he would get his power so he could do more of God's work. And so like his example, I think prayer is like the meat of mm. Um, veggie meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, veggie links. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, yeah, how we should witness and how we should um, go about our mission. Hmm. To go along, um, to continue the analogy. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. With the cell phone. It's been good so far. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it to its logical extent. <laughs> um, so at our place, we have terrible signal. Uh, um, so I think everywhere has terrible signal. Like no matter where you are, it, there's bad signal. <laughs> yeah, um, especially our place. <laughs> Yours is the worst. Yeah, ours yeah. is the worst. Um, so a lot of times you'll see us just going like this. Oh, we'll, no. we'll send a text and we're like, <laughs> trying to hold please. There's got to be something up there. <laughs> Stand on the couch or something. Yeah. Um, and see, that is also our prayer. We're trying to reach up to heaven. That, you know, that's the analogy I'm trying to make. We reach up to heaven to get that signal. And with that signal, mm. what can we do? The text will send to our friend. And what will the text say? It'll say, you know, um, in the spiritual concept, context, um, it'll say, God loves you. Hmm. Um, I'm here for you. Hmm. Um, disciple with me. 
um, let's let's uh, meet up on Facebook tomorrow and and, uh, mm -hmm. and pray again. And you, I. This is just kind of going off the book, but you bring up a great point, uh, and and I, I've I've kind of picked up on this. Sometimes we look at ministry or our mission as just going and baptizing. We think it has to be mm -hmm. evangelistic ministry. We have to go out. We have to have these large tent meetings and, and make sure that <laughs> everything goes according to plan. And the end goal is to get as many people as we can baptized. Okay. But you bring up a good point, Ricardo, when you say uh, that text message, God loves you. Mm -hmm. I love you. Is that ministry? Is that Absolutely. our mission? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Why? How, how is that our mission? I mean... At the end of the day, it's an individual thing. Hmm. You know, you get one person at a time. And uh, going back to what we were talking about, we where we're ministering everywhere at all times, really. So it's person by person. It, the large tent meetings works sometimes, but right. we're not, we don't have that every day. It's right. just our everyday lives, um, one person at a time, how we interact and deal with them. Right. And we're not pastors right here, you know? No, right. yeah. And so I'm not, I can't baptize anyone. Right. Um, but wherever we are, wherever we work, mm -hmm. um, God needs us there. Because a right. pastor can't be at a school. Mm -hmm. A pastor can't be in a hospital. Right. Mm -hmm. He's up on the pulpit or he's, right. he's helping, um, you know, his, his members. So if we were all pastors and we're all in one in the same church or in different churches, then what's happening with everyone else in Where the else world? Where else are you going to meet the people? Yeah. yeah, so he needs to use us, who we are, our characteristics, our personality. And that's uh, that's kind of what Jesus did, though, because mm -hmm. he met people where yeah. they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. very, very good. Yeah, so, I mean, so we're needed wherever. Um, we don't need those, okay, we don't, it's not a must to have an evangelistic series to meet the needs of everyone because many people don't even know what's going on or they don't know, um, they don't even know anything about why they should even attend. But if we go out there and just do our thing in, our, in the street, in school, on the basketball court, then um, we can really meet people where even pastors can't. Do you think it's possible to minister without ever saying anything? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. sometimes yeah. more so. Okay. I, I mean, it's interesting, Jesus used the word teaching and not preaching. Ah, good. So teaching in our, in our body language and in, mm -hmm. in, in how we, you know, if we don't lose our temper mm -hmm. and if we're kind and forgiving to others speaks much uh, more volumes than any sermon we could ever preach to them. Right. And most of our communications is through body language. I mean, like a very mm -hmm. high percentage of communication. And so it's really like going back to the whole light mm -hmm. subject, just without saying anything, doing anything, when if we emit that light, then people will come to us. Good, good. On that note, um, how do you think that believers, uh, how can believers develop the mindset that at all opportunities, at any point, any point in time, there constantly is an opportunity for sharing Christ? How do you think we can develop that mentality that no matter where we are in life, no matter where we are physically, spiritually, there's always the option to share Christ or we always have the opportunity to do so? I think I think sometimes um, myself included, we often separate, you know, our uh, our church life from our work life. You know, should we and do that? We shouldn't, absolutely not. But we, I think, you know, especially like when you're talking to your colleagues and you say, oh, um, you know, you want to say my prayer was answered, but instead you'll say, oh, you know, things worked out well. You know, <laughs> but yeah. but I mean, uh, instead of trying to separate, if you constantly keep in your mind, you know, maybe if you said, um, my prayer was answered, they would say, oh, you pray. What does that mean? Or mm. who do you pray to? 
or God bless yes. as opposed to good luck. Yes. Ah, right. Mm -hmm. um, you hear that a lot. Um, definitely, I think wherever we are, whether through our actions or our words, people can come to Christ just by knowing who we are or even strangers who, mm. who just look at what we do. Well, I mean, um, there's this guy that um, lives near near me. I mean, what am I saying? He doesn't live near me. He's homeless. Oh. <laughs> so I guess he lives <laughs> he still there. Lives. He still lives there. Near you. He's not in the house. <laughs> yeah, right. And I've, I've developed a relationship with him um, because he, he notices my car. my car. I have a Mini Cooper. Nice. And it's blue, and yeah. he just notices. So we've developed somewhat of a friendship. And I'm not always giving money to him or food, right. but we, we talk together. And, and um, you know, I think that... Is, is that ministry? I believe I that. I think it is. Yeah, that's yeah. ministry. Yeah. yeah. I think it's ministry because... Um, even though he's always asking for something, sometimes <laughs> I just tell him, I tell him God bless, and he tells me the same thing. So he's ministering. You're ministering to each other? for me. Yeah. <laughs> and making my day, too, because right. sometimes I'm in a bad mood and I need to, you know, pick you me up. pick me up, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Very good, very good. Well, the last, uh, the, one of the last questions that I have, um, how do you think at, at a local level our church can perhaps better nurture uh, and develop a community of believers. How do you think that we at the local level can, can reach out maybe even to the people that are already in the church and to develop this community of believers? It's just all about being that um, kind-hearted Christian, just having that duty to encourage the new believers. Um, like at my church recently, we um, started doing these health seminars um, leading up to evangelism, uh, these evangelistic meetings. And it was, I, I believe, last Sabbath, last weekend, um, where there was an altar call and people from the community and um, people that have been attending these health seminars, they actually stood up, came up to the front, mm -hmm. and they're willing to get baptized. And when I saw that, I was just amazed because, um, you know, in the beginning of the uh, whole series of health seminars, there was some pushback just because it was so frequent. Right. Every other, it would be, well, at first it said every Sabbath, but then we went to every other Sabbath. But really, as long as just one person has been touched by these health seminars, then we are really doing God's work, His mission. Good. And so I feel like our church is really trying to reach out to our community to bring um, non-believers into the church. And so that's why we have even more of a responsibility after bringing them into the church to continue nurturing them so that they'll, um, their faith will grow stronger. Nice. I think um, going back to the, you know, nurture them, um, small groups is, I think, very crucial. I, th I like to think of it like Alcoholics Anonymous, where you, you're, you're, you're given a mentor, and the mentor calls you, checks up on you, encourages you. Yeah. And I think, you know, that it's really important because when you're a new believer, it's easy to just kind of be released in the church and not really have any kind of support just or starting anger. starting and bringing people into the church. Right. Excellent answer. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. Again, that's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Jared Lutz. Thank you.